0: Welcome. Podam America Video Game Edition. Press start to listen to podcast. Uh one player only, <laughs> unless you have two earbuds, then you can listen with your friend. Um <laughs> I'm Jake Flores. Anders Lee's here. Anders Lee here. Alex Patak is here.
1: I'm player three. I have like a, I have like a pipe, and I'm hitting it into my hand.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like the three graphics looping or whatever. Uh, <sighs> you can sweat, just globble it, kind of going off of your eye. Yeah. Um Man,
1: there have been so many different kinds of video games.
0: <laughs> I see where you're. We
1: doing. got RPGs, our kinds there have been
2: SBSs.
1: Probably some you know. based on major motion pictures. <laughs> you <want> to
2: <laughs> those are called MP MPGs, motion picture games. Wait, how do you know this? I'm just I'm riffing here. I am you know I'm How'd still you learning learn a lingo. Our terms? but uh... How
1: did you learn our, our terminology? <laughs>
2: oh, I thought it might have
0: been because we were reading about something today. Oh uh, no. Let's talk about video games and their uh, you know history and what they mean. Can they be left? can they uh be right can they be anything at all we're going to talk about goddamn video games today a little bit later we've got an interview with some game developers who made a really cool video game called Tonight We Riot that's about uh your it's about being on it's about what you talk about on twitter all day it's it's uh, molotov cocktails right. and throwing bricks at stuff
1: but they're living it yeah. by making a video game about it yeah
0: they're living it. They're living it by making a fake thing about it, the thing that you also fake talk about.
1: <laughs> I want to be clear. Andrew said he was going to bring up the E.T. game. That's why I was talking so weird a minute ago. <laughs> I feel like I've really been gaslit at the beginning of the oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, was,
2: I was phoning
1: home, I guess. <laughs>
2: oh, God, <laughs> oh hey, hey you, more man. like
1: uh,
0: E.T. phone in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Step it up, E.T. Oh, e-
2: Whoa, E.T. here! Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> um, no, see, I don't know a ton about video games. I uh, was I was for a brief moment I was a Harvest Moon kid growing up. Uh. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's that was my favorite game for a while. You but, a farm boy? Uh, yeah, virtually anyway. Um, but I do remember watching a documentary about video games that I found interesting um and one of the things they had on there was uh the apparently early game designers would do parties where they would just like make naked girls in like pixelated form (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so that's what they would do on a friday night like drink some lichen kugels and like look at
1: this is my girl you like her yeah (laughs) wearing that red red 16-bit dress right when she's
0: about to come she starts flashing like red and white like uh when you're about to blow (laughs) up the
1: super shredder (laughs) (laughs) it's like mike tyson's punch out but for sex (laughs) i did
2: hear i remember growing up kids would talk about the ao games remember those oh adults only? only Yeah, I, I mean, I it's never a, saw one. Adults but I was, Only
0: Cortez. That's what her name stands for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's, oh, boy. Well, yeah, because they wanted maybe one of the adults only games was socialism. That's where all the leftist games <laughs> were, because they didn't want to <laughs> expose the kids to the radical ideas. But um,
3: I, yeah, someone right.
2: was telling me that like there was one where like you're just like a – an old guy who's got a
1: big dick or something. Leisure Suit Larry. Yes, I never. Yeah, he's small. We should have listed him. in the, the interview when we're listing small people. Yeah, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> he's real. <laughs> he's a real guy. You should meet him. His name's Larry Dong. Okay, and he's a really cool guy. He slept with so many women because I
2: could never like figure out if they were real or not because that that you never saw these games anywhere. Like who was by? Who in the nineties was like? Going out of there, like an adult in the 90s, didn't grow up with video games, had no frame of reference for video games, but just wanted to get their rocks off by playing a pornographic dense. I think it was mostly game.
1: teens. It was no. teens who weren't supposed to have it.
0: No, I think you, you were right at the beginning when you were talking about the, the programmers and stuff. You'd, all those games, they weren't on like Nintendo and shit. They were just on computers. They were like uh, CD-ROM and, and floppy games and shit because... Like, there were dudes that were, like, into computers, obviously, or they came from somewhere. Uh There were just all the comb-over guys and shit played those games
2: okay but they, 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 wait,
0: they only on? they only made it under the like the consoles like later on and then it was weird i remember when Conker's bad fur day came out it was on nintendo 64 and it looked exactly uh-huh. like banjo kazooie except you were just like you know fucking trying to titty fuck like a huge squirrel who lives in a tree everyone was like no no the two right. worlds are colliding <laughs> like this can't happen." it was
1: if leisure suit larry was like too norm core for you. (laughs) You got a squirrel who did that shit and you were like, okay, now we're talking. Yeah. Right. I do remember kerfuffle with that game.
2: Um, But way before any of this, uh, this is like a very important moment in video game history, as I'm told. Uh, E.T. In 1982 was an adventure video game that was supposed to come out on the Atari 2600 and it was like, really highly anticipated they were selling out before christmas season and then it came out and it just like totally flopped um like the environments were all weird like it's just et looks looks et is green which is not supposed to be the case supposed to be brown He's more of a brown-yellow. Yeah.
0: They left in Guys, all the... Guys, check out uh,
1: E.T. if you get the chance. <laughs>
0: <Is> it, <laughs> funny, when yeah. they released the game, they accidentally left in all the sex video games that the creators had programmed. <laughs> so it's just E.T. and He's just like kind of opening his shirt <laughs> and you can just see his nipple and he's playing with it a little bit in like 8-bit vision. <laughs> All yeah, these children I turned on like, my son's
1: fuck? game, trying to fly a bike over the park, and there's just a curvaceous, perfect ten woman there, <laughs> gyrating. <laughs> this is not why I bought this game. <laughs> But it would—it was about wells. The game was
2: all about avoiding and going into and storing things in wells, which I don't think was in the movie. Maybe I need to rewatch, but I don't think that—that that was a big part of
1: the ET film. So quickly, Elliot, get in the well. We can only hide ET in the well. So what's <laughs> the, the, the story? Way. Like some
0: programmer was like, "Oh shit, I forgot to make the ET game, and it's due at midnight." And like. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have enough time to watch the movie, so he just winged
2: it.
1: What's it about? It's about Wells. He's, he's building and hiding in Wells.
2: <laughs> it was apparently the rush development time <laughs> because this was like the first game that was like based on a movie. So usually they had like years to develop this stuff, but then they were like, you got to push this out uh, before Christmas. Um, And it was so bad, so bad. That the company that made it, I guess Atari or whoever, um, rounded up all of the cartridges and buried them in New Mexico.
3: <laughs> it's
2: like semi trailer truckloads of, <laughs> of boxes and boxes of this game and yeah. brought them, they just filled in a landfill.
1: Well, they damn sure weren't putting in a putting it in a well at that point. <laughs> 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 All right, this is a long interview. Let's go to it. All right, yeah. there is, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry, I was gonna shit. All yeah, right. you do it. You do it. I'll edit around this. No, you can do it. I was. Uh, it. I had a I had a joke or something about the well or the E.T. hole. Fuck it. Here's the interview. <laughs> all right video games we're gonna talk about video games i don't know why i'm talking like that hello everyone um Alright, so we have with us today from Pixel Pusher Union, Stephen Meyer and Ted Anderson. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey.
2: Hey. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> hey. Wait,
0: I only heard one hey. Did we lose someone?
2: Did they just both do it at the same time in the exact same voice?
4: Can you hear me, you hear me all right now?
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: I, try, I tried upgrading to a better microphone, but all right. it's a worse microphone. Ah. Right oh. oh. That's
0: not what you want to do. That is not what you want to do. Do we want to take that again or? <laughs> nope. This no, is nope. the show,
1: Stephen <laughs> <Okay>. A.
0: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, Here we go. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. I am stoked that you guys were around and available and able to do this because I got a uh, game thing. I got a Nintendo Switch the other day, and I was like. What games should I play that aren't Animal Crossing? Because I, uh, I don't want to know. I just don't want to bring that shit into my life yet. And um, a bunch of <laughs>
3: you really got to be ready for it.
0: Yeah, I don't really understand what's going on in there, and like I'm sure it's great, but like uh, I got too much shit to do right now, right? But uh, <laughs> obviously, like a bunch of people on Twitter that are into left shit and are nerds. Follow me, and we so there's a cross section there, and everyone was like, You gotta fucking play the Mean CV game tonight. We riot, and I was like, Holy shit, I know Mean CV, I fuck with those people. I didn't realize they made a video game, it happened to be the day it came out. It came out on May 5th, I'm assuming for Karl Marx's birthday and not for Cinco de Mayo, yeah. but I don't know, mm. you know. I mean,
2: full yes. disclosure, I did drink a lot of margaritas
1: that
2: day, <laughs> <laughs> it was as Karl
1: Marx would have wanted, yes. Yeah, Carl Marx areitas. The
0: the final level of the game is uh, that really obscure like uh, Mexican war against the the battle against the French colonization <laughs> for some weird reasons. <laughs> uh, you throw margaritas at people. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, uh, I played the game. It's fucking rad. I'm really into it. I suppose that we should just kind of start with tonight. We riot the video game. Um, can you guys tell me a little bit about how the making of this game came
3: about? Sure. Um, so it really started off uh, where I was, I've gotten into like, you know, tinkering around with like a bunch of pixel art and shit uh, and kind of was toying around with the idea of making a game using that medium. Um, and as I started like messing around with it, you know, I just started kind of toying with the idea of like, yeah, you know, really seeing a really truly leftist sort of game. And as I was talking about that, I was also talking to one of my friends who had recently gotten into uh, like game programming. I was like, hey, you want to just like kind of mess around and see if we can come up with a, you know, just kind of like a little demo, a little kind of game uh, game jam style style thing. He was like, yeah, sure, let's fuck around with it. And that. Over time, became the uh, precursor to we uh, Riot called Radical Rebels, and you know, kind of liked it. Took it, uh, took it out to a bunch of like little indie game shows uh, here in Austin. There was this really great one for a while that was called Wagos uh, Rancheros
2: uh um, wacos rancheros uh, no, wacos. Wacos. oh okay like, oh damn I thought it was like a branch Davidian game yeah. <laughs> involving
3: eggs that would be am- amazing but uh no um that's the next game yeah but uh anyways like the response to it was pretty positive like people really kind of dug it so you know we refined it and we eventually got approached by, um, somebody from South by Southwest to, um, you know, put it into this contest they were having. And I was pretty skeptical about that. Like, yeah, you know, it's the little thing that I'm fucking around with. And, you know, he hit me up again and again. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll send you an email. And, you know, several, several weeks, several months later, whatever it was, um, I got this piece of uh, email that, at like midnight that totally looked like junk mail. And it was just like you know, the, the header was all sorts of fucking exclamation points and you know asterisks and shit like that. And I was like, ah, but it was it was South by Southwest saying like, hey, congratulations, you're being considered for this this thing. Yeah, so here you go and a bunch of information and that was it. We ended up landing a publisher at that event. Although not means, um, and once we did that, we were kind of on our way. And
1: yeah, can I ask? All right, so if if you guys had a publisher before and then ended up with means, uh, did you guys like have a falling out in the in the middle period or? Uh, no. How did actually, you no, actually,
3: find means. Well, we we ended up discovering means um, because. You know, our publisher, uh, which was uh, New Blood Interactive, or uh, we were, you know, with means, of course, Um, they started kind of finding their footing as a kind of like retro FPS house, and we were kind of the odd man out as far as that game genre goes. We were the only one that wasn't a shooter. Right. so I think
2: it was a combination of that and them being maybe a little understandably worried
3: that you
2: know, retro. So FPS first person shooter. Yeah. Okay. I'm, picking, I'm, I'm decoding the lingo here.
1: Yeah. So. Andrews is a uh, Andrews. Did you successfully play tonight? We riot? I know you were going to try to, I did. Yeah.
2: I made it several levels, but I, I, <laughs> I dis- I concluded that too many workers had died at my, um, under my leadership that, uh, the only responsible choice was to to end it to a little To advocate. But uh, I did enjoy <laughs> to it. To <pass> the
3: torch. <laughs> I mean,
1: fair.
2: So. I'm more of a computer solitaire guy.
3: Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> have you considered branching out into ski free or Have you considered sea-free?
0: developing a leftist version of computer solitaire called Solidaire? Ooh, mm-hmm. Ooh. or yeah, Solidarity.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I See
1: we've got our next game. <laughs> Dink, I am a, a representative of the South by Southwest <laughs> Game Festival, and I'd like to approach you about just the name of your game. <laughs> <laughs> We're very interested. Yeah.
2: It's all a Daredevil So you're Daredevil, you're also doing Solidarity and playing Solitaire. You're playing no, Solitaire too much.
0: as Daredevil. <laughs> so you just see yeah. his hands move the cards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Daredevil's whole thing is he's blind. I'm nipping this project in the bud. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, so it's, it's it's
0: it's the top-down view of like solitaire and then it's Daredevil the character's hands but he just like knocks over a glass of like coffee and shit and uh he, he can't play the game cuz he's, he's he's blind. And then that's the game. It's like a meta commentary on solitaire and then it has something to do with communism i think we got a idea wait 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 hands.
1: wait wait. jake's jake's idea actually provides a wonderful segue <laughs> for a point that i wanted to make early in the interview which is thank you to you guys uh on the tonight we riot game for actually making a good game because <laughs> on paper uh you hear like we're gonna make a leftist game and then my first thought is like oh no they're going to be this is going to be terrible
3: Right, and that was actually something that was, you know, really key from the very get go. Was you know the message of the game is fine, whatever, but we wanted to make sure that the game was also fun, so it didn't immediately get discarded or you know like, like fifteen people being like really into it just because it was a leftist game, just <laughs> choking down this awful, awful game, being like, yeah, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Like, no, it's it's really not, guys, and you know we wanted to make sure it was fun. If, if you're that If you is. find
1: yourself on the Anders Lee part of this uh conversation and you're you're not really you know interested in video games, especially like indie video games there there's like a whole niche community of like we're an anarchist group, and we made a game where you just don't touch the controller and if you touch <laughs> it, you lose
2: <laughs> yeah
1: I mean it was but, an arcade game at Starbar for
2: a while where you like launched bankers, I think,
3: yeah. Was it was funny because, like, I remember hearing about that because I got asked by somebody once at, like, Wago's if we, if, if we had done that. And I was like, uh, <laughs> nope. Busy. Exactly. I mean, I, I do think
2: there are a lot of possibilities here. I mean, obviously, I'm a little out of my depth, but it, uh, has there been any discussion of, like, sort of a, you know, bird's eye – what's it called? It like, you have a bird's eye view and you're sort of civilizational creating –
0: oh sure like um it's like a strategy game yeah,
2: yeah. like that like for, communist like,
1: civilization exactly
2: yeah. that for revolutions that could be fun
0: i think there there are I mean, there are things that kind of brush up against that but i mean it is like the question of wh- whether or not to make this game or how to make it is kind of interesting to me because like you know the, yeah like there are games that are kind of like this there's a there's a barcade in uh brooklyn before you know bars ceased to exist that had like a game that like man you can take a hell of a selfie in front of this you know independently developed game about the soviet union it was not fun to play um (laughs) like there that shit exists and i think that that's a big hurdle to creating something like this in general whether it be specifically about left shit or whether you just are somebody who makes stuff and wants and has opinions about the world is that whatever you're making, if it has a message, it has to be a good thing first. Like it, the quality of, you know, your dumb fucking punk song you're trying to write or your video right. game or your whatever, you got to get that squared away first before you try to like attach anything onto it or like synthesize it with any interesting messages. And that, so often is the failure, you know, but, um, this I thought was really clever because, uh, just to catch anyone up if they haven't played the game, like, you know, I mean, what we're dealing with is like kind of a throwback, like brawler type thing, almost like it almost reminds me of like a streets of rage or something like that, or like a contra oh, or yeah, something,
3: Absolutely.
0: but the game mechanics themselves are left themed like you kind of control a little mob of workers and you go around freeing other workers and you there isn't a central character which i think is really cool like if you die you just become one of the other workers immediately and seamlessly and so you're effectively you know you're like living out these <laughs> kind of themes like you know when when your fellow workers die and you're alone the game is much much harder which is like yeah. you know fun and clever and you know not um Uh, not you know not the most fucking important thing in the world to point out it's a good theme or whatever but it's like um this game like to me almost lives in this space where you know people cosplay like all the time People get accused of being political cosplay um on like left twitter it's fuck somebody
1: Go, go back 15 seconds
0: sorry somebody tried to call me just now um and I guess I <laughs> fucked up my Zoom call. What a dweeb! I know that person trying to
1: call you. I know. All oh, right, just fuck. I have I have too many friends to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what I was getting at though is that uh, like, <laughs> th- sometimes people make fun of like uh, extremely online leftists because they're like, you know, they're kind of cosplaying and they're just into the aesthetic and all this stuff. But like, this is a really good place for all that aesthetic cosplay stuff to live, like. This is this is a good thing to do with that, you know, make it fun and, and make it kind of entertaining and, and uh, kind of stimulating or whatever.
4: Yeah, and that mechanic you were talking about, where you're trying to play as the movement rather as like one protagonist, that was because you can't you can't communicate that much with game mechanics. As a game designer, you always want to, but there's only so much you can you can communicate with those. But with this, like like peeling away the great man theory of history kind of thing and getting into like. Marxist theory of history and 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 people's theory of history, like like that's yeah. It, every game or not every most games they just have the one protagonist, right? And so it's so um, nice to be able to pl- play with something a little bit different. So you, uh, so for, for listeners who don't know, on purpose,
3: by the way, like that decision to make it a crowd the people were there was no distinct hero. It was like an idea before it was ever really really codified in the
4: gameplay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seed for the game. Yeah. So yeah, I was on I the mean, five I, year I, plan for
1: the project?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game did take five years, so you're not far off. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but so the yeah, so you are one character and then once they perish you become someone else. Is that accurate?
4: Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's so all of the big crowd of people is sort of like the the lifeline, I guess. Like like um, your your amount of health, kind of. So you know, you, you, if you're busting in there with thirty people, you're doing all right. But uh, if you're dwindling down to just three or four, it's getting uh, worrisome.
2: Yeah, I was dwindling down to one on most of my levels. So.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. That you shouldn't do that. Well, did you learn
0: something then about you know worker solidarity? solidarity? Yeah
2: tactics. Yeah, it, good. I feel like I, I don't need to read the Grundrisse now. That <laughs> yeah,
1: I liked when the bad guys become workers.
4: Yeah, Ooh, I mean, that's yeah. another game mechanic, right? Like the idea that uh, uh that there are people out there that you see as enemies. You know, these right. This is specifically like right wing militia folks, and you can liberate them if you if you take out their leadership. You, uh, that's the way you you liberate them, but. But yeah, they can they come over onto your side. They're your fellow workers. They're lumber, uh, like they'll put down their chainsaws that they were about to slice you in half with, and and come onto your side. Um, they're redeemable. They're humans. You know, they're redeemable people. You can't view everybody as as enemies all the time. Um, but yeah, they, good. We we, uh, we thought about like there's a bunch of jo- different uh, joke uh, achievements in the game. And uh, uh, for that one, I had it, I had a joke in there of like, uh, horseshoe theory confirmed if you converted all the right-wing militia folks in one, <laughs> one area, <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's not funny enough to, to mess around with that, they're gonna think we believe in horseshoe theory. And yeah. I, I still think it was a kind of funny joke. It was a very funny joke. I
3: definitely got it and I was like, nah, nice. But I Did just you think know, about having a horseshoe factory? <laughs> Damn it! That would have been great, dude. If we had done horseshoe factories in the in the fucking uh, bootleg you, that would have been great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I had a question. So, like, it seems like you guys were kind of, you know, after the original game jam, kind of working top down on the concept, right? Like, you wanted to do the unapologetically leftist game and then you're, you're free and workers and you're fighting cops and stuff. Were there any like game elements you guys maybe wanted to do in the beginning that then didn't actually work out when you tried to put the game together?
3: Uh, kind of the reverse, actually. Um, whenever I was first tinkering around on it, um, it was with a different programmer at the time, Phil uh, Sean Dick. And he um, ended up taking a job and had to leave the project but um, anyways, when we were early on working on the project, it was a straight up side scroller. Like, you know, I was thinking kind of a vaguely Marxist Mario brothers. And it was <laughs> yeah. very much more hop and bop. And so you jump on the cop heads and you know, this that the other so,
1: you, and Vanzetti brothers. Oh man. <laughs> Take the game
3: down from the internet. We're starting. To... <laughs> yeah, we're patching. <laughs> we're changing everything. Yeah. But um, but we we discovered that, like the mechanic we wanted to do of having like the crowd follow you was illegible. Like you just couldn't tell what the hell was going on. There were so many people on the screen. It was like, is that an enemy? Is it not? It was a mess. So we ended up expanding it out from that into more of a kind of pseudo 3D space, like. Um, what's it called uh, like streets of rage or anything along those lines so
0: yeah the the space on the ground reminded me of playing the uh old teenage mutant ninja turtle games where you sort of have like a little bit of lateral movement and it's real fun to to jump around and stuff but in this game you are not leonardo or michelangelo or Raphael or donatello you're just all turtles and uh, you know you're fighting for turtle kind.
1: <laughs> you're any turtle.
0: But but more seriously though, like about that note, turtles I guess all the
2: way down. Intergenerational Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Um yep. get them all out. Uh
2: <laughs>
0: This is what Raphael, he has the red band. Is he the only comrade? Maybe maybe not, you know?
1: Um turtles in a half shell worker power. <laughs> oh, man. Okay.
0: So the reason I guess I'm kind of thinking about those old games a lot is because uh, they're fun and like that Streets of Rage g- game just came out and it's reminded me a lot of those old brawlers. But something I think is really interesting about what you guys did here with this game is that um, all like all the culture, like all the vague imagery that goes into those old games, like the Ninja Turtles ones and and, the, mm-hmm. and uh, that one game where you're like, you know, you're fighting cops or whatever. I forgot what it's called, uh, but I the original Streets of oh, Rage. is it NARC? uh
3: i can't you remember were fighting out if you were a cop but you're like, like you know it's really fucked up to think about it in retrospect but you're like in the street just beating the shit out of a <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah fuck man that's a real rough road <laughs> right
1: there's no one ever plays bad dudes and considers the story for the perspective of the bad dudes
0: bad dudes that was yeah that was one of them um oh yeah
1: so <laughs> These
0: games all just kind of had this vague narrative of, like, shits going down in the street. And there really was no explanation of why. There was just sort of, like, a vague allusion to gangs or something. Um, You know, there's always this funny shit in old movies where, like, gangs, they really didn't want to get in trouble for, like, actually really... Uh, specifically referencing any gang. So any of the gangs in in old action movies from the 80s are just like a vague multi-ethnic crew of guys with headbands and stuff.
3: Everything... The snakes, buddy. (laughs) No one messes with the snakes. Yeah. The
1: slinging (laughs) Tito's.
0: Nothing. Here's what I'm getting at. Nothing is ever explicit (laughs) in this stuff. So that's why I think it's really interesting for Means TV to make explicitly leftist media and also for like somebody like you guys to make a video game that kind of breaks those rules for a second and goes like, "This this isn't about not like you know just the vague them it's like no we're going to identify like you know who the things are in this or whatever right um did that uh did that cause like any friction with like trying to s- to sell the game to anyone or did, it, did did it
3: no we actually we actually got um like two different publishing houses that were interested in us from that south by southwest thing so i just you know felt like I was in a real weird position
4: where I was like, I have always
3: grown up thinking that like, this would be such a taboo subject.
4: But, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's I so cool. about Nintendo. Um, yeah. Because we, we wanted, we felt like we tried it out on the switch with a, we got a dev machine and we're like, Oh, this feels good. It's a good game. Uh, but then we had, Nintendo has concept approval first before you're allowed to be like a Nintendo developer. Uh, and, um, we we uh, I spent a lot of time on that application and the way I phrased everything and they, it was it was definitely a watered down version of what the game was going to be. It's like that meme that's been floating around lately of like the guy with the suit, but they stand in front of a mirror and there's no back of his suit and just his ass is out and stuff. Like uh, the thing oh, yeah. we were presenting to, uh, to Nintendo was the suit side. Of just like, yes, yes, well, <laughs> you yeah. know, the liberation, you know, and this and that and that. And uh,
0: like the, I, Nintendo's so- narcs, right? They're like nerds. They usually don't. <laughs> I was really surprised it was on Nintendo because like they had yeah. all that history of, you know, being like kind of uh, like when they were battling against Sega in the 90s. Sega was like, you can smoke cigarettes over here with us. And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: Sonic says, try smack. Only losers get addicted.
4: <laughs> yeah. they've, done, like, they've done some violent stuff. Like they've done Binding of Isaac and this and that. Yeah. Um, and so that made us feel like, yeah, maybe it'll work out. but, but it is it, like, um, the reason that the Nintendo version came out on the fifth and everything else came out on the eighth. First of all, we were trying to aim for the first, like we wanted it international workers day. And this was just what it slipped to. Cause we couldn't quite make it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nintendo slipped to the fifth, and we could have, like, submitted again and said, hey, can you push it to the eighth? But every time you submit anything to Nintendo, like, it goes through all these layers of review. And we were kind of nervous that Nintendo would look at it one last time and say, you know what? Too many too many officers that you're bludgeoning. That's not good. And, and reject it. And so, like, that's that's why it came out three days earlier on, on Switch, was just that we were a little tiny bit nervous that maybe they would have one last look at it and say no
0: yeah it seems but like you snuck in the back door which is cool
4: yeah what if like
3: although yeah you know, I'm gonna throw this out there what if there was like somebody on the review process who's like a secret comrade
4: yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah it's
1: possible it's very possible
3: Here
4: that, we go if work uh, oh. unionizes in the next year yeah
2: well there is the like abstraction of this takes place in the future because what is this? it takes place what 2033.
1: It, no, it's 20XX. It 20XX. Okay, so some it's like Mega Man X. I,
2: yeah. Some yeah. like hypothetical time and place that doesn't really exist. You have that like layer of abstraction, yeah. and then it's okay to kill cops. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: what it's funny to me about that. Like in retrospect, is like a lot of people settle on the idea of like, oh wow, it's very shocking that you're you're killing these riot cops or whatever but I think that the issue that a lot of people end up having with it is that there's like an ideological reason behind it and that exploring that might be troublesome to them. And whereas like in GTA, you can just fucking run and gun cops until the cows come home and (laughs) then take their car, mod it out with like fucking swingers and like a big ass spoiler. And then just fucking showboat. Like, yeah, I killed you and I took your car and I made it great.
1: Right. But there's no ideological reason. It's right. because of your evil soul. Yeah, which amazing. is fine. <laughs> and low
3: <love> spoilers. spoilers.
2: <laughs> so, have but, you gotten any uh, pushback from the right?
3: Um, hate it's, mail? It's been all like
4: really strangely no hate mail. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We've I mean, I don't know if you've oh. you jumped on the Steam forums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing. Oh, God, don't go. It's- we should do that right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do. That.
3: Actually,
0: you know what? Like, the game just came out. Maybe it's still kind of getting out there. But, like, that's how you'll know you made it is when you get, like, a weird 90s... Satanic panic style, you know, hysterical mom or something that's like, "I found my child playing tonight. We riot, and I just want you to know, you know, or like, uh, or if you make it on like KeyWiki or something for you know, convincing those guys that this is you know, instructions for how to do antifa stuff or something."
4: Yeah, right.
1: My so- brother is in ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! I'm on the Steam forums. I'm just gonna let, name a few of the threads without actually going in. Uh, number two, Mao was a fucking idiot. <laughs> I
3: like how they won't cuss. It's such a <laughs> weirdly specific thing. Like they'll like they'll be like, yes, put children in the f, uh, you know, asterisk, king camps. And it's like that's the offensive thing here. It's it's you know, Ooh, if you if you drop that f bomb for real, z's
4: these children these child camps
3: suddenly sullied by your your speech my friend
1: okay we got we got uh if you commies want to make an unapologetically leftist game dot 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 will not buy a game made by socialists and then the top <laughs> one with no comments yet is three out of four Cambodians recommend this game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they well, ball you. I like how the second one is like basically just a complete thought of just like a like the A wire touching the B wire in that dude's head. And I feel like <laughs> Well, if you're gonna make a lefty game, I won't buy it. <laughs>
1: right. That really no. is. That's the only threat they can put out. Isn't <laughs> that's it. Like, yeah. Right. Like oh there no. was
3: this I didn't post or engage with it at all, but I should have taken a fucking screenshot because it was just so hilarious to me. There was this dude who posted a fucking screenshot of him pirating the game as if it was like some kind of fucking gotcha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
3: like replied to his own post. I'm not even gonna play it. Who fucking cares, dude? (laughs) Nothing has happened. (laughs) What can I do to stop you? Nothing. Is this something you think that I haven't seen in like 20 years of making games? Someone pirating a game? (laughs) Dude, I don't care.
1: I'll show you guys. I'm gonna make my own game starring cops. <laughs> It'll be the first game about cops.
3: Yeah. I mean, really, truly, the first piece of media where a cop is a hero.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you said you've been making games for 20 years. Yeah. So when did you When did you start?
3: Uh, I got I got a way too early start when I was 18. I took an internship at Earbox Software. Um, and cool. Yeah, I kind of I, I dumb lucked my way into this job, which is both great and also kind of silly in retrospect. Um, I was involved with the team that was working on Counter Strike a million years ago.
2: Hmm. Wow. And Holy shit! I hear that's a big one.
3: That is, uh, <laughs> but like I was, I was kind of like the the fucking superhero annoying sidekick on their forums who was just dabbling in art and could like some sometimes make a pretty thing. But not that great. But I was just like, yeah, me too, right guys? They're like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Here's a, a development build of the game. Cool. But um I ended up working on uh CS seven forty seven and that one went into the retail box of Counter Strike. And so all of a sudden I had like a resume, like a proper real I've worked in the game industry resume. Didn't and know that. I, yeah, and when I, I played I found, that map. Oh, 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 Yeah, you can you can check it out. That's that's what it's like when Ted is making textures using a mouse. Drawing yeah, we get the scoop
1: box. on this one. Damn.
3: It's, we used to call it drawing with a bar of soap. Um, but yeah, and when one of my friends online was like, hey, Gearbox is hiring interns, dude. You should apply. And kind of rebuffed it and then eventually applied. the turns out they were working on Counter-Strike Condition Zero, so my Having a history on that game, they were like, Yup. And like a week later, I was driving to Texas with my roommate Chris. So.
2: And during this time, were you also becoming radicalized? No. um,
3: I was (laughs) really apolitical, more or less. I think it was just that very amorphous, squishy teenager kind of thing. Um, You know what? A real scandalous tidbit about my horrid, you know. Political teenage years were I, I voted Republican when I was 18 in 2000 because my parents were like, This is a good candidate, you should vote for him. And I was like, Okay, right. But, like, you know, the, the slide from there, after you know, being a big fan of history and uh, you know, being a pretty voracious reader whenever I got the hell out of uh, education. Um, didn't have to write papers because fuck footnotes. Um, I just started sliding leftward, and I went from you know wanting to be the oh, the true pinnacle of American political thought, the centrist.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. To that was a good time to be one of those. It really yeah. was. It was a
3: great time to just pat yourself on the back for doing absolutely nothing. I think you're
2: both dumb. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm the smart
3: one.
0: A centrist video game is this, but you're just like, um, what are you doing? You're like in between the two people fighting, and you're like, you're
3: like, you're 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 drunk on box wine and ordering tickets to Hamilton. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: I think it's Animal so Crossing.
3: Like an, yeah.
2: No, you're <laughs> fighting the deficit and the tax.
3: <laughs> you're you're calmly and patiently telling a poor person that they just need to wait. A little longer <laughs> until we can have Medicare for
1: all. <laughs> right. That yeah. does seem like it could be like a good talking simulator game. But hold on, I had a different point to make. Um, <laughs> could you guys? Because I feel like there's not that much knowledge out there about this. What, what's it like working in games like at that level, like a gearbox or a or like a big developer like that? Um, what did, were you like QAing at all? What were the oh, hours no. like? What's it like doing it?
3: Uh, I mean, like, QA is an absolutely vital job in games, and the fact that those people get paid so little in this industry is a fucking crime. Um, But, like, I mean, the reason why I was kind of like, ah, I don't know, is because, like, those poor fuckers got, like, the worst crunch and the worst pay and were just generally treated like shit by the, you know, average staff. But, um, you know, they just saw them as, like, you know, dirty fanboys who had kind of like squirm their way under the door. But uh, when I worked at Gearbox, it wasn't a big place yet. Like they hadn't, you know, they hadn't dropped uh, Borderlands or uh, that? Brothers in Arms, um, which was actually the last uh, game that my art while working at Gearbox. Last time I went uh, into one of their games was Brothers in Arms. I made a World War Two Willy's Jeep. <laughs> but uh man fucking scrutinized down to the goddamn screws but anyways um you know i've worked for ea and i've worked for uh nintendo via working at retro studios and it's it's interesting to be handling those kinds of properties because it's almost and this sounds like really dorky but it's like it's almost sacred to be handling something like fucking Mario Kart. You know, like, you're touching something that when you were a kid, you played and had a great time with, and everybody knows it's kind of a cultural touchstone. and now you're fucking with it. You're, like, messing with its original PSD files, and, you know, trying to put your stamp on it. and It's kind of peculiar.
1: Hmm.
3: So, uh, but, you know, like, with larger things, like, by the time... I was working at EA, I was almost entirely mercenary about the process. I was just like, yeah, it's a place to work. I won't be working there in two and a half years. And, you know, sure enough, there would be layoffs in two and a half years. And there you go. But, uh... So, is yeah. there,
1: like, any kind of, like, impetus to, like, pay you
3: in feelings? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there uh, is. And... The sense that, like, um, like that's kind of what Crunch sort of ends up being, because, like, I talked about this with Stephen uh, earlier, but it was, like, talking about how, like, video game companies are kind of a peculiar beast, where they're not truly professional in the way that, like, your typical office is. And that that's not to be glib or to say, like, it's this, you know, fucking grandma's boy place or anything like that. But it's a lot of people... Who are trying to balance two impossible weights one being the old school way of looking at game development where it's just you and your pals and you're doing this passion project and everybody's in it to win it and you know it's going to be an 80s montage of putting pixels on a screen but on the other hand are the people who know that this is a fucking business and that there's a publisher who's emailing them daily for updates and is fucking wildly trying to shove sand into the shape of a sandcastle because he doesn't really know what he's doing. And these two kind of come together and all of a sudden you've got the people up top being like, hey, yeah, you know how we're all in this together? It's great, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're going to need you to stay until 3 o'clock in the morning tonight because solidarity, baby!
1: We have an air hockey table.
3: Yeah, exactly. There's ping pong. Who the fuck thought that ping pong was that fucking popular, by the way? Like I have never in the life of me Pro- seen people engage in a ping pong game.
0: If you're working in video games, it was probably the guy who invented Pong. Yeah,
3: yeah they, do, they do. cart him around from shop, shop.
1: and <laughs> And that's like a that's like a move he plays, so he can be like, you know, you know, who uh, made a game about ping pong? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
3: one yeah. one half of the, uh, the the ping pong
1: dynasty.
0: <laughs> um. I don't want- that thing you we were talking about uh, where they make you work a lot of hours came up, well, like, a y- year or two ago when they were uh, trying to rush Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, I almost got Chris D'Elia to come on this show because I just tangled with him on Twitter about it. But he's yeah. not an extremely smart guy. He almost came on because he almost, like... <laughs> I, it's so funny I, I just wanted to get the retweets you told
1: them we have Eminem
0: I, he was so, so he was like he was like man like why are all these people bitching about this game it's gonna be so awesome like shut up they're trying to just get the game out or whatever and I sort of like kind of was like hey you know it's p- for these reasons and you know yada yada, yada. I started ch- kind of explaining it to him a little bit and oh, I swear shit, to god I, think I saw this I got into the DMs with him and I kind of got into a little bit of a like a, a talking about or a little bit of a conversation <laughs> about like um you know like Workers and shit, and uh, he just went like, "Yeah, dude, fuck the corporations." It's <laughs> like uh, that seems like this is about as far as I'm gonna get you, um, <laughs> you know. And then it didn't really come together. He seems like a you know well-meaning person, maybe somewhere in there, but um, yeah. But I mean, like that's a reality of the the business here, right? These like uh, yeah.
4: these like crunch schedules and shit yeah there was a reference to that in the game too like oh, yeah. uh, that office building uh the like the elevator level towards the end i you probably wouldn't yeah it's towards the end of the game but uh you're liberating workers from like the megastar games corp like like um yeah. instead of rockstar and you're you're liberating yeah anyway oh nice yeah I didn't there's there's way. at uh, this Jake, was, like, you probably could put those together but megastar <laughs> <laughs> that was Rockstar.
1: <laughs>
0: there is a lot of like uh kind of I don't know I mean, not even know what to compare it to like almost like the Simpsons level like sign gags and stuff and like really yeah. like one to one sort of uh, things where you go oh I see what that's actually about there's you know this evil guy with blonde hair and shit who's just kind of the max headroom of the whole situation yelling at you between every level and there's <laughs> um, you know the like the the media with uh, just pr- like kind of vaguely alluding to Russia Gate a few times where there <laughs> there you know newspapers that are saying like why is all this stuff happening is it aliens or whatever
3: yeah well yeah i mean like well each world we wanted to like make sure that we kind of drive the story and you, you know, if you look at the newspapers their main purpose was to be a loading screen but their secondary purpose is also kind of due to, to like, the major gameplay gimmick of that level so but we also had some fun with it like you saw like my favorite is still like you know was like, deep concern over shop windows escalates. will <laughs> <laughs> be like, can you believe that they would shatter the window on a 7-Eleven? Like, yeah, you do know, you do know that, that that place has insurance and that it's also just a fucking 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there was no, you know, ritual dismissed here. It wasn't any kind of, like, you know, glorious thing that was torn asunder. It was... It was a a fucking advertisement for
0: Slurpees. Hmm. Uh, Alex, did you want to get to some more of these notes that you wrote down before? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a bunch of questions about you guys as a workers co-op, right? Um, uh, I guess the first one would be, hey, you're a workers co-op. What's it like not having a boss or manager? Do you think you could be a big company and do that? How's it going? Do
4: you want to hit that one up? Oh, sure. Yeah, I thought... I mean, because normally these, these traditional business structures that games are made with, there's layers and layers of management. Layers and layers and layers. Like, I... Uh, um, yeah, before before this... Before I even touched games, this is actually the first game I made, uh, I was a, a lawyer, and I would do these projects, and, and my the biggest client for the longest time was EA. And so I, like, was reviewing... I was the project manager reviewing the docs for like all of EA's litigation for years, like so all of their the Infinity Dream Wars job, stuff, all of the yeah, and so you just sit there I and you questions read questions about EA's
3: spouses,
4: now, right? <laughs> and so I can't talk specifically about anything I read uh, uh, for any corporate because I was also reading like the other companies, you know, like Activision's you know responses and, and their production and everything. One uh, of EA's so talk- legal secrets is it's actually not in the game right? <laughs>
3: oh, totally um, well, I'll see you all in video game jail because that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
4: like I'm not naming names, but like executives sending really thirsty emails to Gabe Newell, of just like, Oh yeah, I saw you at this thing and I'd really like to, And but anyway, um sad there's layers and layers of that and layers and layers of management that don't touch the games at all um and every once in a while when somebody usually the, the the flow of talent whatever you want to call it that is you know people coming in with mbas or something else like that and they've never touched games they're just management and every once in a while you'll find one one some somebody up in the sea level not even the sea level but somebody getting up in there uh who actually worked their way up and like like has experienced coding and they 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 write very different emails they're very different people and they talk about the the people actually making the game very differently and they empathize and they it, it's 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 weird to see that the people who have never touched it and been there and the people who have um uh but anyway i what i was concerned with coming into this was the fact that it's not just those management players that are stripped away but like a producer isn't even really a man like it's it's a it's a job that kind of needs to get done and coming into this i was thinking oh well we have no producer there's no person even doing those basic tasks of scheduling and getting people to mesh together properly and it turns out you didn't need one like like with with a team this size no you don't need any of that Um, you can reach a consensus pretty quickly um just humans are social creatures and you you figure it out you you uh uh you get a feel really quick for what people's talents are in a team this size and and what their uh abilities are and it, yeah and and what their interests are and it it's it's pretty darn easy to get to a consensus with with uh with f- at most five people i think was the most we ever had working on it at once yeah um and and it's pretty easy to vote when uh when you uh need to make a decision that you can't just sort of. Build a consensus around. So, right. Yeah, that's,
3: that's something I was actually talking about uh, with
4: another person
3: at one time. I said that, you know, one of the things I did like about a lot of our votes is that they would kind of evolve into a discussion if there was any kind of even surface level disagreement, if just two people want to do two different things. And like everybody legitimately got heard out. It wasn't just like I've worked at places before where. They say like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, we really care about hearing everybody's voices. Also, later today there's going to be a manager's meeting, and only the following departments are uh, invited. Yeah, it's yeah, like,
1: yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Um, so I, I guess just it would be okay if you didn't have an answer for this, of course. But I guess just like theory crafting, right? Like, how would you? because it sounds like you guys at Pixel Pushers Union have like a good setup going how would you even how would you do that on a bigger scale would you like an elect a strategy director and they're just so, in charge of that or what
3: I think one of the things that we've always been pretty good about during this process is being very flexible towards changing things and not being rigid if we didn't feel like it was uh, you know necessary and so like on a larger level One of the things I thought about was something I actually took from uh, doing real-world organizing, which was that, you know, for your managers, to me, it makes sense to find someone who does have the ability to do those types of managerial tasks and do them well, but you don't tie it to a paycheck. You don't, you know, our theory is the idea of, like, everybody makes the same amount and it's augmented uh, by shares, you know, equal shares taken to whatever game we make. And so that might change your pay level over time. But, you know, hey, that's you sharing the fucking wealth with everybody else who made the game. Um, Right, you did that work. Yeah. So when it comes to, like, managers, uh, one of the sad things I've seen happen again and again and again in video games is you realize that there's nowhere you can really go at the top of the ladder with uh, various departments like, you know, if it's audio production, if it's, you know, being an artist, it's being a level designer, programmer, whatever, you kind of hit this wall where you go from being like, you know, a junior artist to a regular artist, uh, to senior, to lead, to, you know, team lead, whatever, all the way up to like art, you know, art director. And at that level, you're not even really even making art anymore it's a large enough company. You're mostly just handling emails, reviewing art that other people have made. And, you know, I don't know many artists who like doing that sort of thing. You're a creative person. You want to create and you're kind of being hampered from doing so by the job that you might actually resent for that reason. Like you might actually be good at it, but there was nowhere else to go. And frankly, the paycheck was pretty good. So there you are. And, I feel like if you if you disconnect the idea of a paycheck from a hierarchy, you de uh, de incentivize the idea of someone staying because of golden handcuffs. You know, even if they're fucking inept at it, like you know, if you're able to vote someone out of being a manager because they're not good at it, I'd like to think that in a worker co op that would probably be you know less fraught with drama. But you know, maybe not. I don't know. It's
1: almost uh, like you found a loophole around uh, isolating labor,
3: yeah, I wanted to yeah. get past that because I did I did recognize when I had a good manager that it was a good skill, and I've had excellent art leads who made me a better artist by virtue of their ability to teach and to critique without being you know vague out of a sense of you know niceness. but I've also had people who were just, they had nowhere else to go in the art thing and because they were buddies with everybody else at the top of the company, they kinda got, you know, raised to that level. And I get it, but I've also had it where those people are just fucking terrible at the job. Even if they're good artists, they just suck at planning or you know, they really have a favoritism for a certain group of people, or they're very stubborn and they're not open to discussion. You know, it's yeah, it's a thing.
1: Right. It's a different job. You know, it's probably not what you got in there to do. I got, I got one more co-op question for you before we move on to something maybe a little more spicy. Uh, okay. And this is... I was just reading a different interview you guys did. Uh, I asked me to name it. I can't. I don't remember where it was. But <laughs> I found out Motion Twin, who did Dead Cells, is a co-op too. And I bought Dead Cells like six months ago. I had no idea. Are there a bunch yeah. of these? Is this like a trend? Is this catching on? And yeah. do you think this is related to poor conditions at bigger places like Rockstar?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few of them here. Here, I'm working up in Chicago, and and here, uh, there used to be a lot of big studios up here. EA had a huge uh, office. Disney's Wide Load was up here. Um, gosh, like four other, four other like big studios. They all shut down. So you had this glut of talent here that just they were all out of jobs, and so they started. Forming these co-ops all over the place and a lot of the time they didn't call themselves that but when you got down to it everybody working on the game had a financial stake like they were they had shared ownership of the IP they were making Um, and you know the the way decisions are made and this and that yeah, it was a it was a co-op. You know, it's hard to register something legally as a worker-owned co-op. There's like yeah, a couple of states hard. you can do it, like Colorado, I think. And then, yeah, not many places you can do it. But, uh, you know, it, in everything but name, yeah, they were worker-owned co-ops, and some of them got fairly large. Um, uh, I think the the young horses, uh, they were up to sixteen people up here in Chicago. Um, now with that one, not everybody working on it, I think had a had like. A stake in it like had ownership over it and so it's a little different but i do know like their their producer and and a few other people um like their producer and their artist they got the same kind of stake in it it's not like oh this person's the boss and they're making way more money um they, they they so yeah this this has been catching on people without acknowledging it Have have been gravitating towards this because it's a really good way to set up and and make and make uh, uh, creative projects. And uh, uh, with us, it was just we were very we were part of a collection of developers that are much more explicit about it of saying, "Hey, this is a different way to organize things, and you should acknowledge it and and treasure what you've built. (laughs) I don't know, uh, uh, treasure how how different it is to to uh, make something under these conditions."
1: for sure for sure man i hope it takes off because i mean you get that bourgeois consumer thrill when you buy the worker co-op product you know oh my peanut butter's made by 20 lumberjacks who live in the same house
4: yeah this is organic organic video games yeah
1: i'm helping i'm (laughs) helping by buying
4: yeah (laughs) why would they make peanut butter
1: I I have been buying co-op peanut butter. That's why I thought of that.
0: Why would Lumberjacks (laughs) make it?
1: It's good as hell. They chop down the
0: the peanut butter tree, and then they (laughs) squeeze the tree, and the peanut butter comes out.
1: 20 strong men squeezed in nuts. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Okay. This Uh, game is
4: made by out-of-work coal miners who were taught to code. (laughs) Uh, okay. uh,
1: the, the Hillbilly the Elegy, to- the
0: video game?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Teach your family to read. Teach your family to read. I haven't read the book. I assume he does that. Uh, anyway. The, actually, that game. The
0: Centrist video game is this game, but then like it's when you you can't turn the other guys over to your team. They're just like, no,
1: because you got nothing. <laughs> and then uh, you're killed by cops. Th- yeah. The Centrist thing. The Centrist version of this
3: game is you're watching the game happen on the TV and then you're like tut, tutting to your friends about how violent everybody is, but it's a rhythm game. So you have to like, you know, kiss and, <laughs> you know just, ah, mm.
1: yeah, come
2: on.
3: Mm. <laughs> ah, oof. You, have to,
0: you
2: have to post
0: it's, you know what it is. Actually, you kind of, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's uh, the game that I was thinking about earlier and I, I couldn't, uh, it didn't come to mind when I was mentioning all those old brawlers and shit. But the one game that kind of stuck got, jumped out to me as an early, almost precursor to this, at least almost thematically, was an old game called Smash TV. Do you remember that? Oh,
3: yeah, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, Smash TV. Put that in the uh, arcade.
0: It was like a game that almost vaguely had an interesting they live-ish comment in that it was like, you know, you're on a ultra-violent game show and you might die while trying to win The Price is Right or whatever, and then you have guns, and it was a pretty fun crawler or whatever, but the, the centrist game is uh, you're watching Smash TV, and that's it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you just turn the dial on the TV and shit. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um, yeah. There, man, there was such opportunity in those old games all the old brawlers like you were saying for introducing some political like there's a crisis why is there a crisis do you want to incorporate crisis theory into it because you could <laughs> uh, and like, uh, why yeah. is
3: everybody upset and what could they do about it it's a very like 90s movie problem to have where it's like you meet the rebels and they're like yeah we're here to take down the system yeah but why Nebulous reasons that won't upset the
0: Midwest. Yeah. It kind of seems like at the beginning of a lot of that shit, people, like someone in the room, did have a, a reason. And then in the process of making and producing it, they had to scrub out the reason and take all the, you know, logos off of people's fucking patches on their shirts and stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah. turn it into vague. And that's how we ended up with that 90s, just vague, like unrest is happening in the streets but then something else happens and then there are cops and none of it really has any dynamic directions going in uh, you know anywhere
3: yeah I think the, really the culmination of that is in how the media treated like Occupy back in the day was like just repeatedly over and over like they'd be like yes but what do they want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like well we send you an email with our list of demands
2: yes but what do you
1: want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When are you leaving the park? Yeah, in this I game it. will be.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, like the news didn't really know how to cover it because they didn't have one central spokesperson that they can then tear down. Like it, just, yeah. uh, it was a movement of people, and that's tougher. It's tougher for the news to cover, and and it's tougher to make a good game out of, I guess, too. Well, we did find Mister um, Occupy. <laughs> you
1: uh, gentlemen my last question is about gamer culture and uh, gamers we live in an age where gamers are rising up um, as, you, as you may have been familiar with uh, there have been uh, multiple scandals on the internet in the last 10 years uh, uh, gamer gate
3: <laughs>
1: gamers getting together making statements Uh, Going on the Steam forums, talking about Chairman Mao. Are you Um, telling me that gamers
3: get political?
1: (laughs) They do, but they don't usually get political in the way we like. So I guess the question is... You know who's
2: tapped into this is Steve Bannon was like the first person to realize that gamers are a political constituency.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he made Pokemon Snap. (laughs) 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 Yes. (laughs) um uh so i guess my question is uh do you think game culture needs to be destroyed (laughs) um
3: well i think one of the peculiar aspects of uh games in general is that they are still such a new form of media i think that people thought that they were special in a way like untouchable in the sense that like they weren't fraught with all the you know Complexity that other forms of media have, they were neutral. And I feel like, you know, inevitably that was that lie was going to fall apart. And, you know, it's funny to me because, like, with a game like ours, all we're doing is just the mirror image of what a lot of other games usually inadvertently do. And so when it comes down to like gamer culture, and like, I know it's easy to brag on, um, on gamers and stuff like that for you know just being this roving band on the internet but like you know no one else is speaking to them about this shit and so like their entire world is just this world of like fucking violence guns and like violently knocking each other off with like this list to like show that they're more powerful in a world where they don't really feel like they have any power at all so like i think that like steve bannon did did you know fucking tap into something that was there. But I also don't believe that all gamers are like these right-wing chuds who are just, you know, untouchable, horrible people. You know, I think, if anything, like our game coming out and the responses received shows there's a whole shitload of leftist gamers out there that, like, the notion of yeah. being, you know, of our particular, you know, ideology is, is not rare and it's okay and it's fine and it's all about, you know...
4: Fighting a giant squid with a brick. Yeah, yeah, and we should mention that there, it's not like we're the only voice out there. That there's, no, like we're, not. I think, I think um, we're pushing to get it mainstreamed a little more. Like, like trying to get it on the switch, trying to get it out there in front of a lot of people. Uh, whereas a lot of the the leftist game devs, they post amazing stuff on on itch, on itchio, and and you know 100 people play it and they enjoy it and it's a wonderful piece of art and not a lot of it doesn't it doesn't gamers don't see it so they don't know to be um angry at it or to play it at all um and so uh yeah i don't yeah there's there's a lot of amazing developers out there that are trying to push radical leftist uh games and yeah. making beautiful things oh, well absolutely. it's kind of
1: beautiful in a way cuz the 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 thing that's been stuck on my mind for the last, you know, six months with the election and stuff, and uh, you know, Bernie's great going in the primary is uh, the left stepping into the st- spotlight and taking power, and we're having a really hard time doing that on a you know electoral or political page. But the fact that you are taking <laughs> what we all talk about and then. Putting it on the stage with Donkey Kong, so we're like getting some (laughs) kind of representation culturally is huge. It's fucking huge
0: will the DSA finally successfully run an insurgent candidate and elect someone into Super Smash Brothers? That's when we'll know we're finally winning. When you can play as AOC in the next Super Smash Brothers.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah Means TV, actually my favorite thing they've ever done was uh, political alignment of all of the Mario Kart characters. Yeah, I and saw it, that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a perfect minute and 20 seconds of video. It was, it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was tempted to uh, try to like kind of come up with a c- quick uh, lightning round game show for us to do in that regards. But it turns out that a lot of people on the internet think about video games and politics at the same time a lot. And it's already happened. Uh, <laughs> our friend Jeremy yeah, it's Hammond. It's a whole industry. <laughs> from uh, Ballin' Out Super, Jeremy Hammond did all of the Pokemon one time. It was really good. We, hmm. our Ooh. podcast, was represented by, I think, Golbat. The Zubat second form?
1: Ah. yeah, nice. That's not a bad Pokemon. That's a strong Pokemon. It
4: is. Yeah.
1: Um, um as as we're winding down here, I guess, uh as a quick note on the way out, uh, what's some right wing trends in gaming right now that bother you? Uh is it, you know, just like your standard patriotic FPS? Uh are the boobs in Tekken too big? What's a <laughs> what's on your freaking mind, bros?
3: Um, yeah, I think for me, you know, Stephen, you brought up a very good point uh, the other day. When we were talking about something similar, um, Yeah, but it had also been on my mind, too, is that you know, a lot of people kind of consider that whatever status quo their life is is somehow neutral and not political. And so when you have games like Call of Duty and stuff that are, you know, they're literally financed by the army, um, you know, that's, that's a direct and political thing. But you can get into an argument with these people where they'll they'll, they'll argue that. They'll say that that's not political because that's just life. And that's how fucking camouflaged, no pun intended, this shit is. In the sense that, like, someone will be fully accepting of the reality in a game where like even like GTA, for instance, like, the idea of, like, cops just beating the shit out of people. Or... Um, you know, murder and crime as being a way to you know get away, you know, get your way up in the world because there's no other viable means. Um, like, there's a lot of other kind of messaging and stuff that goes on in games. I feel like because it is seen as like so normal, or if it is kind of like made into a comedy, it's not seen as serious. And so, with it not being serious, then of course it's not political. But when someone goes against that theme and they'll bring, uh, bring up something, you know, overt or even just tangential, um, people get angry because it kind of upsets the apple cart in a way. People don't want the agenda.
4: Yeah, yeah. like introducing yeah. something that sort of points out what already was on there. Uh, you know, because it, the same sort of thing happens is, well, like Means is trying to make that thing happen in, in video media. Like, like, people think of the sort of corporate media establishment as neutral as as this and that and that, but there's certain topics that they don't talk about. There's certain issues that they don't really give give a serious look at. And uh, having an alternative come onto the scene and say and say this, you know, the thing that Republicans have been calling leftist again and again and again, no, like it, it causes yeah. you to reassess that when you can actually see an actual uh, leftist media source, you know, and and Republican like people on that the far right they don't they don't want to acknowledge that those things even exist. Like Republicans go on and on and on about, you know, Washington post and New York times and this and that. They're not talking about Jacobin. They're not, they're not going to like, it's sort of even acknowledge that, that there's an actual left that exists. And uh, um, I think pushing that into the forefront um, with games, I think, uh, yeah, like there's a lot of weird little angry gamey gamer gators uh, that, um, you know are finding some sort of left agenda in everything and when a game will actually come out and get on these platforms it's like no that we have you know a left agenda. Uh, okay. I wonder what the response will be there. Like, I, I was, I was wondering He's if they would just ignore does what it. says on it. the
3: box? Yeah,
4: <laughs> if they would ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist because they're too busy calling everything else that features a woman somewhere leftist. You know, are they are they going to ignore <laughs> the fact that this
3: game exists? You're yeah, to they... steal my penis.
4: Yeah, <laughs> um, and then you know, yeah, are they just going to ignore us who actually do want to steal their penises? Uh huh. <laughs>
0: Do, we'll seize that. them. Um, yeah. Well, something that's kind oh, of been. Man, Can
2: you imagine if they made a game about that?
0: Jesus Christ, Anders You're the weirdest stealing. person.
2: Driving
3: around the city at <laughs> night,
0: Yeah, you play as cultural marks in the game. You just. <laughs> <float around. laughs> so, something that's kind of been swirling around in my head as we talk about this is like. It's uh, something I kind of grapple with when discussing left shit or pol- political shit at all and just any media our uh, cultural crap in general, which is kind of these opposing views of uh, being like, you know, a super Gramscian like culture is really important person or versus like a just ridiculously uh, materialist, you know, it Mm. doesn't matter at all type of person. And, uh, you know, we live in a really complicated world where we have a lot more culture and a lot more access to shit. And we all, it's all we trade in and do. so I don't think being like a, you know, an old school Marxist about, video games or art or anything like that is necessarily a, like a great idea because there is something to what we're talking about here in terms of offering up like a better thing for a bunch of uh, you know weird thousand yard starey sort of like atomized dudes sitting around playing video games but at the same time at the other to, to the to, at the same time you know i don't know i don't want to lend any credence to that old argument about video games causing mass shootings just by saying but they also might cause of mass lootings you know what i'm saying like i don't want <laughs> do... that to
3: go ahead i think it actually ties back into something i was talking about uh earlier which is the idea that like video games were seen as somehow like this this neutral new form of media that was untouched by the society and culture around it and i feel like that kind of plays into it where i think that you know media does affect us I mean, it can make you happy. It can make you sad. You know, this reason why we watch movies and read books. We want to feel these things. We you know read about the stories that these people have. And I mean, you know, how many ancient goddamn boomers still worship John Wayne? Like, <laughs> you know,
2: these if you people, don't, you're a lion, dog, face, face, pony soldier. <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> so
3: you know, for anybody to say that like media doesn't influence the people that we are, it, I think that's a lie. I think it does i don't think it leads to someone being a murderer because they killed a bazillion people in like quick two back in the day or something but like i think that's garbage but i think would it make someone more easily put in the mindset of like oh cool we're going to war I, you know, right
0: it works in more com- the, go
3: ahead oh uh, i was gonna say that to me that's the more dangerous thing is yeah. it, it creates this norm where war is seen as you know glorious and valiant and you know, isn't it really cool that you're doing this for your country, you brave, brave boy? And you know, when it's really, it's like you're going to go die for Raytheon, kid. Sorry, you know. Yeah, the stock could go up half a tick.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like, I feel like what you're describing is like the cultural hegemony thing, where if there's enough of something that it bec- becomes extremely normal, and that they have sort of a foothold with that type of. Video game and that sort of media in this world um, and so I, I guess for me like that kind of thing seems like a spectrum to me right it seems like uh representation in media like video games or movies or whatever can move from like stigma to destigmatizing something to, you know, this middle part that no one could really figure out all the way over to, like, the hegemony thing or whatever. And so, like, w- with doing something like this, I guess it I f- it feels cool to me because it feels like it's destigmatizing certain shit. Uh, as someone who, you know, like probably anyone involved in all this has gone in through their lives, uh, through or on, throughout the course of their lives, you know, on a little journey and eventually sort of arrived where we are as people talking about a leftist video game or whatever. At one point in my life, I think playing this would have been really, like, it would have felt really like edgy to me. Now it's you know, I feel like I'm playing my own fucking Twitter feed or whatever, and the boss is gonna be you know, <laughs> Joanna Hausman or some shit or John Favreau. But uh <laughs> but that's good though. That edge is good because if some kid, you know, plays it, then th- this might open up a world of thought and that's really cool because part of mm-hmm. what's going on with the alt-right guys in the video games I think is the atomization and you know they seem like a symptom of just the fact that there is a, a, a much larger problem and a much um, you know more worrying thing which is like a, an emptiness in young men's lives right um, but it seems to me like those people are kind of neutral and they just have a lot of really bad, shit floating around on the internet and in you know mm. in, in their diets or whatever that uh kinda helps push them in some pretty stupid directions. Whereas uh you know, not a bad idea to do like kinda, you know, what we're all fucking doing, just just making more shit and just kind of de decluttering the the field of crap out there. I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah, congrats on thinking of more creative bosses than just putting Jen Kirkman into the game. <laughs>
0: well, if she was just in a Gundam, that'd be fucking cool.
3: I mean, As small as our characters are, you just run across a somehow smaller Charlie Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> it Ben Shapiro. I always mistake the two. Which one's like, you know, which one goes through the doggy door? Um,
1: With Jen Fier- Kirkman or ben Charlie Kirk? Ben I mean, Shapiro is a small one. Uh, ben Kirkman is probably also small because j- j- I just—I'm guessing that I'm just guessing. <laughs> that he's small. All right. Perfect.
3: I'll
4: take
1: it. I, All right. Um, Anybody else who's small before we close out? Bernie no, Troyer, I'm not a Republican. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Great.
2: Mario, most of the time.
1: Yes. There you go. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right, right back in.
1: The representation of the Italian community in this industry is beyond uh, uh, unfair, and it is time Nintendo offered an uh, apology personally. Uh, take the power back. That's
2: re- that's really making me wonder if there was any like Italian person in the late '80s who was just like furiously mad at <laughs> the Japanese for making Mario. <laughs> it had apparently, to have happened.
3: Apparently, there was some dude out there who was like absolutely furious that Domino's Pizza, like. "Quote unquote," stole the idea of the Noid from him. Oh yeah, that's a
2: that's a whole tale.
3: Yeah. I've heard like <laughs> it's it's fucking wild. But like I remember finding it out, and I was like, "Who would be upset about the Noid?" The fucking Noid.
1: Well, he's yeah. a great idea, and if somebody stole him, you would be upset.
4: I know. Yeah, and then I found
3: out about the theft.
4: That was, an, was an okay that? video game. The, mm-hmm. that was it. Domino's made a Noid video game back on the eight uh, bit Nintendo. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. wrong
1: when your boss steals your labor, and it's wrong when Domino's steals your idea for the noid. It is That's wrong. That's true.
3: Is not the you know, we're do the the noid of our
2: brow. Oh <laughs> uh, you guys okay, want to wrap there's up. There's
1: nothing else. Good.
2: All right. Where can people download uh, oh, right. yeah, That's a good idea. Um, Pretty good question, so, right?
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can get our game on <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, so you can get our game on the Nintendo Switch eShop. Um, pro tip for that, if you're gonna be playing at like you know, Joy-Con's attached, it might give you a prompt and you're gonna be like, Oh man, I don't have a, a controller. You do, it's in your hands, press A.
4: Yeah, actually, that's been the only support tickets I've gotten on Switch. It's just like three people—one really kind and two really, really angry—who uh, <laughs> were playing on like the little Switch Lite, and they saw the the prompt that that prompts you, "Hey, if you want to set up an external, like a separate controller, and like set it down and set it up, you can do that now." But on the bottom, it says, "Yeah, just press A to continue." Otherwise. And uh, um, just, just a couple of people thought that meant they had to buy another controller and wrote incredibly <laughs> angry emails. And it's like, the, the response is just, <laughs> you can just press A, it goes on, it's okay. That's they were so angry. I played you it buy anything before
1: pressing the A button while loading up a video game. You deserve to lose $30. Like,
3: Is it a generational thing? Maybe oh. we're like, whenever I'm like on the loading screen, I'm just pressing buttons and shit.
4: Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Click. Clickety-click, click, click.
3: Yeah. yeah. So when
4: something pops through, maybe I get there
3: before yeah. the loading screen really ends. Uh, when people be
0: clicking. I played the the game on a Switch Lite, and that uh, did happen to me for a second. And for a moment, I went, oh, no, there's something wrong with the game. And then I, I pressed A, and I was able to play the video game. So I think if anyone's having that problem, we'll just go ahead and take care of it right now. If you're a fan of uh, yeah. the game and yeah. you're listening to this podcast, you just press A. <laughs> it. That's
4: right. Just press A. Yeah. That's- I I should uh, yeah we're gonna patch it eventually (laughs) yeah so
3: the other the other places you can get the game are you can get it on Steam of course uh good old games um and itch.io so I don't know that's how you pronounce it itch.io yeah whatever yeah Um, but those are the places you can get our game you should do it cool awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we sell some copies of your game here. I'm pretty sure we are. I know who listens to this podcast. It's This is made exactly for weird internet communism people. It's... It's like playing th- this podcast as a video game. You're going to love it. Holy shit. You got to get on, uh, th- on the internet and buy this damn game, folks.
1: Right. Go to the Nintendo store and subscribe to our podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can listen to our podcast while you play the game. It's pretty good for that. It does that have really true. cool <laughs> throwback video game music, but it's the same. You don't need to hear anything if you don't want to. Um, actually and then, not a bad way to, 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 uh, listen to podcasts during quarantine. If you can't leave or do anything and no longer have a commute.
4: All um, right. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's it.
4: That's okay. it. All
1: right.
0: All right. Thanks y'all.
4: Yeah. Thanks very much for having us. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Good luck.
4: Yeah. Sorry. I was, uh, late. <laughs> no, I was no late too. Right. Have a good night, y'all. All right, Bye. you Bye. too.
0: Bye. Okay, what a fascinating interview with the Tonight We Riot developers from uh, Pixel Pushers Union. Why did I want to fuck that up? Anyways, more importantly, let's go back to this ET video game. What happened after they were buried in the hole? Do we know? Is is it still out there? Can you go dig up an ET video game?
1: I think they're still there. Two to five thousand copies of the ET video game. <laughs> well, a
2: lot of them were crushed, unfortunately. But um, uh, then in ca- it's encased in cement. But in 2014, like a, uh, what were they worried about? Was, I don't know. Like when
0: they kill someone in the
2: mob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe the mob also had someone in there. And this was the excuse to bury them. But, uh, kind of a waste of
1: cement if you don't.
2: <laughs> they um, The Smithsonian has one in their collection as of 2014. And uh, some of the cartridges have been excavated uh, and played on a... Um, I'm just reading on Wikipedia now, sorry. But uh, a sample of landfill dirt was taken from the site of the burial and items of clone cloth worn by the excavation team. And the selection of these items are in permanent display at the Henry Ford Museum (laughs) where (laughs) they have several of the cartridges that you can play on a video touchpad.
1: (laughs) Cool. Incredible stuff.
2: Yeah. So, but my point with this is if you're a listener who's like an aspiring screenwriter or something, I think this would be a great premise that unfortunately is my intellectual property. So you can write the script. You will have to compensate (laughs) Anders Lee, but uh, it's a great, you know, you could take a bunch of different directions with this. There's a nuke in the landfill that you have to like dig out and to get to the nuke you have to play ET and beat it, you know. Possibilities are endless.
0: I was thinking like a, like a Goonies style like a like three good friends, you know, they're all sitting around recording their podcast about dumb left internet shit and uh mm-hmm. someone brings up they discover this that there's a secret stash of a really terrible video game buried in the desert somewhere. And then they go on an adventure to try and dig up the video games. But along Uh, the way stuff happens and uh, they
1: fall in wells,
0: they fall in a well.
1: (laughs) Anders was the executive story producer for the (laughs) et video game. I'm not sure if that's been made clear yet. That's why all of his ideas have wells in them.
2: It's just so weird like you, you have a bike flying through the air you can't do anything with that you know you have the FBI and they're armed like that's there's a lot of good things you could have done okay with that I day.
1: know we have the bike in the air but what if we had the bike underground let's say in some kind of well <laughs> tunnel bike
0: those are yeah do you guys know about that
1: no what's tunnel bike
0: I, if I remember correctly and then I think we should
1: do plugs and stuff I know,
0: I, I, it's late come on we have one job uh to, to make too much of this podcast that's uh it's like a like a weird like cartoon like a christian cartoon where jesus rides a bike underground or something there's like a band based on this in uh baltimore um i can't remember i got to look up tunnel bike it's something really weird like that but um you know i think actually actually here's what i was thinking about the Z T video game they should make like an ultra violent really really good highly produced like god of war style e t video game to finally <laughs> like to 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 set this right once and for all and yeah. then just give it for free to all the people that bought the original e t video game and it's like you know e t and he like um you know he like rips people's heads off and shit with his uh with his what like, the fuck? his glowing finger you can use like the Wiimote or something to, like
1: set shit on fire Mm -hmm. i've never wanted that (laughs) (laughs) who asked for that
0: (laughs) or like just grand theft auto style shit where you're just going around just like hijacking but he hijacks people because he can mind control people with his psychic powers
1: right oh yeah this is kind of like Destroy All Humans. Another great game. I had a great time talking about games today. I can Maybe
0: tell that you up. want to go, so we should get to
1: plugs. <laughs> All right. What do you have to plug, Alex? Okay. Well, I don't have anything big to plug. I'm just mindful of time. Um, time for what? We're in quarantine. There's no time. I have i have a small apartment and it's not i talk, and my wife is mad his wife's okay. trying to game All right. she's trying to, she's trying to game <laughs> she's trying to play the et video game <laughs> <laughs> She keep it the fuck down i'm trying to listen to et uh, she she just told me she's trying to sleep okay right. uh yeah listen to that's kind of a game
2: in a way you can in actually train your mind to um act, what's it called active dreaming
1: anyway Yeah, you can train your mind with active dreaming. Listen to this podcast, subscribe to the Patreon, check out Ballin' (laughs) Out Super if you enjoyed Dragon Ball and the comedy. Okay, thanks.
0: It's called Lucid Dreaming.
1: Uh, Lucid, thank you. (laughs) All right, you you
0: can leave.
1: It's okay. Alex, you don't have to
0: yell anymore. We have to do this podcast to make money for quarantine. We can't go outside anymore.
1: We can't. There's poison out there. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: It's like Liberty City out there.
2: (laughs) Video game.
0: Yeah. Did you just look up Wikipedia? Okay, we'll just do plugs and then we'll get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Anders, do you have anything to plug?
2: Uh, at Anders Lee here on Twitter. And um, if I, I, have, I do have a plug for a little uh, assignment for our listeners. Um, please phone bank for two great candidates in my neck of the woods, Michaela Wilkes, who's running in Maryland's 5th District, who would, if elected, knock out uh, Steny Hoyer, or as I like to call him, Stenchy Voyer, who <laughs> is um, – Part of the fucking establishment is, you know, he's like next in line, I think. He's he's part of this line of succession uh, from Nancy Pelosi, and this would be a huge coup. And I think it is doable. Having done it myself a few times, just talking to people, that's doable. And also Janice Lewis-George, who was in my city of D.C., running in Ward 4, they're both endorsed by DSA, and they need a lot of phone bankers because the election is on June 2nd. So please check them out.
0: Um, actually, yeah. If you're gonna talk about phone banking, uh, just so everyone is on the same page, if you live in New York and listen to this, you probably already know this, but um, Andrew Yang sued, and Ed, Ed, the Bernie's back on the ballot. But more important than that, a bunch of DSA endorsed candidates are back on the ballot, and you can phone bank for them as well. Um, Jabari Brisport, uh, uh God damn, I'm gonna try to pronounce this name, Zoran Kwame Mamdani. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, nailed it. At Farah for assembly. I haven't looked up my fucking local races. Serrales,
2: so Lopez, also. But that's that's June twenty third. So you can get your money's worth. Do the June second candidates. After that's done, hit up NY uh, before the twenty third, and you can do it while you're gaming.
0: You can. I don't know if you can, but you could. Just don't tell them you're doing it.
1: Here's what I have. Yeah. To you probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's where we should probably land with that. You probably shouldn't game while phone banking. Um, <laughs> my other podcast is called "Why You Mad." You know that. Uh, I don't need tour dates. Oh, here's one thing I wanted to plug: <clears throat> merch. I got bandanas. They're coming. They're going to be sent out at the end of the month. They're for pre-sale, but just for sale. Um, Bandanas, like I uh, had before, those should be cool. Um, if I sold, if I sent out, I, I sent out the first round of merch like a f- couple weeks ago or a week ago or whatever. It sounds like it's getting to people. People are tweeting at me and shit. If anything's fucked up, like a, a poster got folded or like uh, maybe there's a shirt missing from somebody's order, just fucking tweet at me or whatever. I'll I'll fix it. We'll make sure it's right because I feel like I fudged my math and there's like one shirt that didn't get sent out or something but I can't figure out who it was so uh, if you're that person let me know or if you're a mean person who wants to trick me into sending them a free t-shirt of the podcast you love supporting but hate to pay for <laughs> you can also try and do that alright that's it it's uh, oh no finish him like Mortal Kombat oh yeah it's game over
1: finish him it's finish him game over do it again, you bout to lose it again, it's show and tell, motherfucker, I'ma do it again.